0: Welcome to this edition of the podcast. Today, we are fortunate to have Mr. Sanjeev Bichchandani, uh, who's effectively the guru of startups in India, with us. And uh, it'll be wonderful to learn from him his journey, how he incubated some of the most fascinating startups in the country, and what is he looking to do next. So we have over hundred unicorns now in the country. Uh, And, you know, if we go back in time, you are, of course, looked as uh, as a guru or uh, the father of startups in India. Uh, How do you look at what's happened between the time that you started and today? And what do you think has really caused that to happen? So,
1: um, you know, if you look back, the Indian middle class, Indian middle class parents have this huge quest for financial security uh and they would train and school their kids and condition their kids saying listen uh, you all we can put you is in a, do is put you in a school it's up to you to study hard get the grades get into good colleges and clear entrance exams and uh, get a good job so your life's mission is to get a good job and settle down and then you have a 30 or 40 year career ahead of you right uh so they were not schooled to be entrepreneurs Right, so they were not brought up to take uh, entrepreneurial risks. Okay, and I was like that, and uh, I'm sure many of us were like that. I think the first thing that has changed over the last thirty years is that it's okay to be an entrepreneur. And why am I mentioning middle class? Because when I go to the IITs and IMs and give talks, I often ask a question: How many of you are from? Family circumstances that you would describe as middle class, roughly 70 to 80 percent of the hands go up. Now, by middle class, I mean a certain type of family. Uh, a, it's salaried. B, government, public sector, defense, police, railways, academics, banking, insurance. Right? Those kind of professions. Right? Uh, th- So what this tells me is that India's best and brightest students, hardest working students, come from this category of people, this class of society. So your brightest minds were not being trained for entrepreneurship. So India was always entrepreneurial. There was lots of entrepreneurship. Even in licensed government. there was entrepreneurship. But it was entrepreneurship by inheritance, entrepreneurship by caste and community. If you're from a certain caste, certain community, it was a done thing to be an entrepreneur. And you didn't call it entrepreneurship, you called it business. Right? But for educated middle class entrepreneurs, by choice, people who have the option of working a good steady job uh, to chuck it up and uh, forego that option and say I will be an entrepreneur, I think that is a significant change. So today, you know, when I go to an I the mother and ask in the class how many of you would at some point of time in your lives want to be an entrepreneur? Roughly 40% of the heads go up. In my year, it's been about 10%. Yes. So people's aspirations have changed. Their parents have accepted the choice of entrepreneurship as a mainstream career option to be respectable and acceptable. So when I quit my job in 1990, after five years of working in two multinationals, after uh, studying management from for IMF, uh, it was looked... I was looked upon as an oddball and it's like crazy, really, you know, what is wrong with your son? So so there's a new kind of entrepreneur. There's an ecosystem that's de- de- developed, there are role models, there are people who walked that path before, there is risk capital, there are mentors, there are entrepreneurship networks. Looking back, it looks like a revolution. But actually, it was an evolution over 40 years. And if you look at what is the which are the sectors, industries, companies, organizations that let this change. Where's the buzz? Where's the employment growth? Where is the investments going in? What feeling excitement? All of these are sectors that and in companies that did not exist or barely existed 40 years ago. So, IT services barely existed, very tiny. Okay. IT enabled services did not exist. Uh, mobile telephone did not exist. Internet did not exist. Organized retail did not exist. Private sector hospitals at large scale did not exist. Uh, you know, uh, private airlines did not exist. Private banks did not exist. Private sector banks. Uh, private sector, I mean, they barely existed. Uh, private sector insurance companies did not exist. Right? So, sector after sector, company after company has come up in 40 years. This tells you two, three things. Number one, that many of the giant companies of today were startup 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Okay? two, by extension, therefore, many of the giant companies tomorrow will be from the startups of today. What government has done in digital public infrastructure is truly remarkable. That has spawned a whole bunch of business models, businesses, companies. So 100 million people will try, maybe 10 million succeed. Maybe. And if 10 million succeed over the next 30, 40 years, you know, big, medium, small, whatever, in whatever fashion, right? The Indian economy will transform. And that is why startups are important.
0: So you made certain
1: career choices very early on,
0: which may have seemed a little, you know, out of the ordinary, so to speak.
1: What prompted you to... So I'd love to say it was a plan, but uh, it wasn't a plan. (laughs) 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 Okay. Some of it was stupidity. Some of it was, uh, you know, luck by chance. Okay. But uh, so I'll tell you what happened. So, you know, I grew up in a family where, you know, either you either to be a doctor or an engineer, right? My brother went to IIT Kanpur, and uh, to the expected that I would go to IIT as well. I went to a school where you put people, that school put a lot of people into IIT, right? We were chained if of, we didn't do our homework and, you know, that kind of school. Okay. Uh, so, as luck would have it, uh, you know, all my friends were preparing for the IIT entrance. So, I also decided, okay, to prepare for the IT entrance. Uh, I got him, right. Uh, but when I went for, you know, the medical sort of counselling, uh, I discovered I was partially colorblind. Mm. okay. And uh, the doctor said, it's okay, son, you can join. Uh, so, some careers might be, and some departments may be close to you, and you'll go down your permanent medical record, but you can join. he ho jayega." And for the first time, I sat and thought, right, Uh, you know, and so why do I want to be an engineer? I never questioned it, right? And after two weeks of thinking, I realized I don't want to be an engineer. I just want to be an IITian. You know, I was good at physics, chemistry, and math, so I would clear the exam. I could work hard, so I would clear the exam. Uh, But I didn't really know what engineers did, and I didn't know if I wanted to do it. But I wanted that IIT brand. I, I was running a club or tribe. a brand A. And when I realized that, then I said, uh, okay, I've got St. Stephen's Economics. That's also a good brand and good reputation. Why not go there instead? At least I'm not barred or disabled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So that's how I took the call. Now, for the longest time, I wanted is the right call. <laughs> okay? But yeah. So if I had not turned out to be blind, I wouldn't want to ID. So I cannot claim that, you know, I planned all along, this will be the course of my life. No. You, you spoke
0: about the consumption theme in India, uh, whether it is uh, employment, whether it is uh, uh, matrimonial, whether it is real estate, of course, now with Zomato and others. So was it a bet? on India's emerging and growing consumption theme or was it that these things happened because you saw something else in them?
1: Yeah. We didn't do any macro market analysis. Mm-hmm. Right? It was just what customer is How can you influence ho, how can you persuade him or her to buy your product? Right? So, in that sense I'm a micro guy. And In hindsight, I believe that the best customers, uh, the best, uh, some of the best businesses in the world, are built on deep customer insights. Customer insights about what? About unsolved problems, about their behavior. So I figured, and these jobs were never advertised. They were not advertised. I couldn't find them in the papers. So I figured that what appears in print is the tip of the iceberg. There's a much larger market below the surface. There are maybe hundreds of headhunters. Thousands of companies, tens of thousands of jobs, live any point in time. And jobs are a high-interest category of information. So if somebody would aggregate all this and put it in one place for people to access, uh, it would be useful. See, around that time, I was thinking of quitting my job and becoming an entrepreneur. So I was getting a new idea a day. So this was an insight, and I didn't know what to do with it. This is 1990, this is pre-internet, this is pre-LAN. Okay? Uh, I didn't know what to do with it. I said, but" File and forget." But seven years later, when I saw the internet for the first time, I revived this insight, and we just got newspapers from around the country, put up all the jobs, advertised in our own words, and traffic began to come. And when traffic began to come, we began to charge, and that's how Oakley started. I just said a simple thing: if I can get a thousand companies to pay me five hundred rupees to put up one job every month, that's five lakhs a month that's uh, 60 lakhs a year. Right? My highest turnover till then, I'd been an entrepreneur for seven years, was 12 lakhs a year. Customer
0: preferences these days, particularly uh, over the last uh, eight to nine years, eight to ten years, I suppose, have been driving success of a lot of these ventures.
1: It's all got… You know, it depends how you define success. Mm-hmm. If you define success as the ability to raise capital, mm-hmm. See, if you define success as uh, the ability to raise capital, many have been successful. But if you define success as uh, building a financially viable, sustainable, profitable business, it's a pretty cruel cut. The two are different. One reason why, you know, we were able to make a profit is because we had no money. So we had no choice but to break even. I think I gained a lot of things from uh, diverse experiences, one of which being a journalist, right? So I have taught for a long time. Yeah. I was visiting faculty in places. And, you know, again, I was broke, so I had to somehow earn some money. So I used to teach on weekends. But when you teach, you learn many things. So I learned more from teaching at business schools than I did in my two years in Ahmedabad, and I'm Amdavad, because when you're teaching, there are 70 minds in the class challenging. who are challenging you. So you've got to be really well prepared. You know, as an MBA student, I could get away unless the professor picked on me. In class. That's the difference. Uh, and therefore, I had to work really hard for each class and prepare the case studies. Uh, being a journalist, I, I learned to write 800 words in 45 minutes, logically thought through, first thing. But what immediately impacted my business, subsequently, was that I learned how hard it is to fill up 16 or 24 pages of a newspaper every day, hmm. and how j- journalists had to scramble to do that, the whole team. And I, there would be about 70 to 80 press releases that would come into the operating office every day. Most would get trashed and not be used, but some would get used. So I learned to figure out which press releases are being used and which are not. When we launched Nokri in '97, I would write my own press releases and mail them out to 800 publications once a month. Hmm. And invariably, uh, we got coverage in enough places. Simple thumb rule, if there's a category that is getting advertising revenue in print, can you do an online equivalent of it and get revenue? So that's how we did jobs. When I looked at print, we did matrimony because print may rather. We did real estate, big category in print. We did education, big category in print. So you charge of verticals. vertical. The impulse or the, 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 the catalyst has been that if it's big in print, it can be big on the net. Yeah.
0: As an ad category. A lot of the businesses. Many of those that you have invested in uh, and, um, you know, quite a few other startups also are thriving on what I would call disintermediation, right? Because, you know, you know, it's about getting proximity to the customer. So, um, and, you know, people couch it in different ways. Some people say that, no, this is, this is real business model reinvention because we have disrupted a business model, which was there. In this case, let's say. The public sector insurers business model has been disrupted by the advent of a policy bazaar. Um, would you really classify that as classic BM
1: uh, business model reinvention for the old companies? Mm-hmm. See, people said knocking is revolutionized recruitment. But have we really? It has taken us 26 years to get here. So was it a revolution? Or was it an evolution? Right. Uh, sure, it's one more way of doing business. Right. But at the end of the day, uh, even policy bazaar does business with insurance agents. Right. So it's one player in the market. They want to be a platform. You can buy direct. You can your agent can buy. In Naukri, uh, companies come to us and our clients. So do equipment firms. We have not disembodied them. So India will 1.4 billion 1.4 million. There will be or high-speed train. Bhi do you see a lot of people today, young people, focus on sustainability, green jobs? Um, so... I see more and more young people being bothered about it. There are some who want green jobs, others who want regular jobs, but in a company that has a green method of working. So the job is not green in terms of the job is not about sustainability. Yeah. The job is about doing whatever it is. But the company should be mindful of the fact that yeah. it has to be as done in a, as sustainable manner as possible. What the government needs to do is ensure that people have equal opportunity to get employed in those organizations as somebody else of a different religion or caste or ethnic background. Now, the only way to do that is actually make education inclusive. So, what India actually needs for skilling is not I will run a training center in somewhere in Jharkhand and I'll skilled people for six weeks in mobile phone repair, and then they go to Bombay and get a job. They will not. What you need to do is to embed the apprenticeship program inside organizations. We have
0: been talking about uh, the rise of entrepreneurship, etc. Maybe a little bit more security, uh, parents being more willing and able. At the same time, they still need capital. I mean, entrepreneurs, when they're in the midst of it, they still need capital and uh we have been we have been seeing this wave of what people called a funding winter I, I didn't necessarily see that funding winter because i think it's a good thing because it, it got people to attempt to set their business economics right but but you know you've been a prolific investor in more recent times uh, with, you know also incubating businesses before do you see two things one two questions really one uh, the rise of uh, indian uh Funding for Indian backing for these young businesses.
1: So, so there is a, a lot more risk capital available from India than there was say ten years ago, or twenty years ago, thirty years ago. But it's uh, still only f- maybe ten percent of the total requirement. Yeah. Still, most of the risk capital comes from outside India. Outside India. right? So, so Indian entrepreneurs have this huge dependency on external capital. Uh, external. Uh, from, to India, that is, and that's the reality. That's not going to go away for a few years. Uh, what I tell entrepreneurs always uh, that uh, the best companies are capital efficient. Right okay? now, for ten or fifteen years, since two thousand eight, since uh, maybe two thousand nine, uh, you know, maybe for, for maybe 12, 13 years, uh, there was abundance of capital, so you didn't have the need to be capital efficient. You could always raise more money and buy away way out of trouble. That's over in 2021. Mm. You're back to what it was earlier. That you've got to be frugal. You've got to be capital efficient. Mm. Uh, and what I tell, uh, well, the advice I give entrepreneurs is that uh, the customer's money is better than the investor's money. Because if you're getting the customer's money, and you're getting it repeatedly from the same customer, uh, and you're getting it at a price that's higher than your cost, then chances are you have a viable business as long as you can get enough customers. Right? And if you're getting the customer's money, the investor's money will almost certainly follow Hmm. should you need it. Because investors love to invest behind businesses that are getting the customer's money. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Right? on the other hand, if you get the investors' money first, there's no guarantee the customers' money will come. Yeah, because getting the investors' money sometimes is about making a good PowerPoint and making a good pitch, and impressing two MBAs in their mid twenties across the table. Yeah, but a customer will only give you money second time only if you deliver what you promised the first time. Yeah, right. They will focus on the customer's money. So be frugal, be capital efficient and focus on getting the customer's money rather than the investor's money.
0: Are there new segments that you think are ready to be disrupted with this young entrepreneurship boom that we are having?
1: No, there always will be and they always are. Uh, but you know, we never do it top down and say which segment. We do it bottom up. We meet a thousand companies a quarter. We meet money, we look at, speak to, meet one of these three. And you invest maybe three or four. Okay. Uh if you know, if I'd done it top-down and uh segment-wise, then we would never have invested in uh either the policy but because they were creating new categories. They were not part of a segment. Yeah. So if somebody had told me in 2008, you know, you should look at insurance comparison. And so what is, they did not exist. Uh, we we invested in, in Policy Bazaar on a PowerPoint before the company was created. There was no category. Could have anticipated a segment? Answer is no. Policy Bazaar created a category. Uh, there was no category of restaurant delivery and restaurant listings. In 2010, when you went to Zomato, they created a new category. We just liked what they did, liked the team, looked useful. Just put a little bit of money, see what happens, Then kept doubling down. So that's how we prefer to do it. We have a whole bunch of measures, and we've got, I would say, pretty good expertise, you know. And we deploy technology, and we buy the best tools. Oh. Uh, and uh, thus far, at least, uh, touch would not have had a hack in an awkward resume. Hackers are always one step ahead of you. So, you can never boast, never brag. Just be a little paranoid and keep working. Sanjeev thank you so much. Yes, thank you. This was
0: really fascinating.